Hi, this is David Shoemaker. Welcome to this segment of Living Thelema. I'd like to thank everybody who took time to send questions, comments, and supportive words in between segments. I always really appreciate that. Um, this segment is going to, in many senses, pick up where the last segment on the Holy Guardian Angel left off. Today we're going to be talking about the concept of the true will. And more particularly, we're going to be talking about what that means to you in your daily life, in your magical practice, in your mystical advancement, and try to unravel some of the mystery in the way the true will actually unfolds in a human life, and especially, of course, for a person who is trying to build their conscious understanding of the true will, such as many of you listening today. Now, I'm sure most of you listening have some basic familiarity with the the term true will, um, but just in case, I want to um, briefly define it as in its basic sense. Uh, the will, as referred to in the term true will, is the same as the will implied by the name Thelema itself, the, the term Thelema being the Greek word for will. And as is often explained in, in many Thelemic resources, this is not the simple will of the ego, uh, of the personality. This is not wanting something, necessarily. It is a deeper level of life purpose, the living out of the purpose of incarnation in an individual lifetime and across lifetimes. The true will is the will of the deepest inmost self of who you are and is an expression in your individual life of the universal will. This is why when we are living in accordance with our true will, we find that the universe seems to uh, open up a path right in front of us many of the, much of the time, um, as if it's cooperating in our, our walking of this path and our living out of our will. And when we feel ourselves grading up against life, it is very often the case that we have veered a little bit from the path of our true will, or perhaps we're receiving a lesson from the HGA or the universe itself, however you want to think of it, um, that is helping to nudge us back on to the path. In any case, the important thing to understand is that the true will is this uh, trans-egoic uh, life purpose idea rather than a simple wanting now, today's segment is something of a follow-up to the segment on the Holy Guardian Angel because, as I mentioned in, in the last segment, the discovery of the true will is uh, dramatically enhanced with the knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel. But much like the ongoing intimacy of the courtship of adept and angel as the adept moves across the grades of the First Order of AA, towards Tefereth and the, the knowledge and conversation. Much like that, the knowledge of the true will unfolds in a progressive manner as we delve inwards in our self-understanding and as we uh, peel the layers of the onion that is our, our personality makeup to discover what's at the core. Now, I think it's tempting to conflate the idea of the true will as a process with the, I think, erroneous idea that it's a, a singular choice of, say, career or um, a single um, 
task to be accomplished in life. I think that's that's far too restrictive. Rather, the true will is the essence of yourself that explains you, your actions, your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors. It explains all of that in a moment-to-moment way in your life, just as well as it explains the entire arc of your life itself and, and beyond one life into other incarnations, if you uh, believe in such things. Therefore, it's, uh, it's really much, much more than a, a singular choice or a single task. Now, often there's a great deal of overlap between the true will and, and what one chooses to spend one's time doing in life, for example, occupation, hobbies, that sort of thing. Um, it, it's very likely, the true will is very likely to overlap with your passions and your, your interests and preferences, but not always. Um, as we've said, this is not the simple will of the personality of the, the ego, the Ruach. Uh, therefore, like many other things that the Ruach has to learn in life, sometimes it learns that what it's here to do, that what the ego is here to, to assist the, the deeper self in accomplishing is not necessarily something that's going to be comfortable and, uh, perfectly harmonious with its conceptions of itself. So you may find yourself at times feeling um, surprised by what you discover about your true will. But even more frequently, you may find that the discovery of the true will forces you to make some choices about lifestyle, about priorities, about career, about relationships, about any number of things that are, are, are somewhat painful, painful choices to make. And growth processes, of course, are often uncomfortable and make us stretch outside our comfort zone. But that's all in service, in this case. It's all in service of making the egoic choices of our day-to-day lives uh, harmonize with the deeper needs of our soul and the, in a sense, the commandments of the HGA. Now, as I said earlier, the true will should equally explain your choices in any given moment, in any given single situation, as well as it explains the overall path that you take in your life. And also, as I just stated, the true will is not the simple whim of the personality. Therefore, when you think about your true will, when you're trying to come to some understanding of it, you might want to take a step back from your everyday circumstances and career and, and life choices and to think about it this way, that the true will is going to be something that would explain the way you affect the universe, that explains the choices and the paths that you tend to take, whether you happen to be a stockbroker in New York City or a fisherman in Malaysia, or anything else. In other words, this central truth of who you are will express itself in a certain way, regardless of the the mundane situation in which you find yourself, your location, your place of birth, your occupation, family situation, etc. So perhaps that'll help in 
in understanding the scope of what we're discussing. Now, most of the time, the discovery of the true will is slow, gradual, drawn out, just as the rest of the mystical and magical path uh, is for most people, um, with occasional punctuated breakthroughs of insight into the will. Um, the gradual form of these insights um, comes about in, in ways such as uh, you reflect on your life choices in the past several years and discover that you have uh, that there's a certain trend that you had missed while it was happening but then in looking back on it you you gain some insight into uh, into the true will in contrast there are those moments when you'll just stop in your tracks because of uh, a realization that uh, flashes on you in an instant that you know may cause you to laugh or cry or both um, with the clarity that is presented to you regarding the true will. But it happens different ways for every single person. Here's another example of the, the true individuality of this sort of path. I'm going to try to put this in, in some other terms that um, are somewhat poetic in nature, but I think they may shed some light that's useful. Um, think of yourself as the prophet of your own angel as the high priest or priestess of the religion that you are developing, that is yours alone, and the aim of that religion is to generate, deepen, intensify, and increasingly delineate with clarity the mystical and magical and ritual procedures that effectively invoke your holy guardian angel. This is the aim of your religion. You're the prophet. You're the high priest or priestess. And the development of this religion is essentially the work of the adept, or I should more accurately say the aspirant, in the pre-Tepharith stages of uh, the work of AA. Your body, at the risk of sounding like a cliche, is the temple of your angel. Your body, your mind, are the vessel that in which your angel lives. And the purpose of your body and mind are to, as effectively as possible, live out the true will, which is the voice of your angel in your everyday life. Many find that the discovery of the name of the angel reveals a certain formula, that the name itself is the key, or perhaps one very important part of the key, to the true will, that the, the name perhaps by arrangement of the letters, perhaps by some other associations that you develop over time to it. Um, the, the name itself is a roadmap of sorts to the right living of your life. Now, as I referenced earlier, the understanding of the true will 
takes a quantum leap, leap forward um, at the stage of the knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel, the Adeptus Minor Grade of AA, at, uh, corresponding to the uh, Sphere of Tefereth. Now, this is the breakthrough of Briatic consciousness into the Yetzeratic mind, the realm of the Supernals, which represents the spiritual intuition and insight and the, the, the voice of the angel itself becomes consciously apprehensible to the Ruach for the first time um, in a sustained way which can be replicated at will. Um, that's kind of the definition of successful completion of the Adeptus Minor task of knowledge and conversation. Then, much of the work of the transition between Adeptus Minor and Adeptus Major, the grade of Gabura at 6 equals 5, is the reshaping of the life to conform to the will and to the newly discovered or fully discovered true will. Um, the task of the Adeptus Major at 6 equals 5 is very much a karma yoga task, corresponding to Gabura, of making the life itself a vessel for the true will, harmonizing the knowledge within the adept uh, concerning their true will with the world without the adept, the, the external world that needs to be engaged with in a meaningful way so that the will can be maximally lived out. As this unfolds, we see the transition to Adeptus Exemptus of 7 equals 4, the Chesed grade in the AA. And the fully functioning Adeptus Exemptus, who is very likely to be perceived as a leader in their field, whatever that may be, is fully themselves as much as is possible below the abyss. They have developed the Ruach in a full and balanced fashion. They are living out their true will in their lives, uh, again, in the sense of the, the finite human life. They have come into their fullness of who they are. Hence, we get a lot of the symbolism of Chesed and, and uh, the, the king and uh, the sort of lordly aspects of uh, that we associate with Jupiter and Hesed, because this is the sort of the grace that is reflected in the life of the Adeptus Exemptus. Now, having traced the progress of conscious awareness of the true will from its earliest stages to Adeptus Exemptus, which is admittedly a very big roadmap, I'm going to back up and talk a little bit about the everyday tools that you can use to enhance your own understanding of your true will and to to keep your, uh, your feet moving one in front of the other on that. Now, these are some suggestions that I, I think uh, some will work for some people and others for others. Um, you may not find all of these useful in, in your own path, but um, I'm going to use a little bit of a shotgun approach here and throw out some ideas. These are almost like mental games to play with yourself in terms of uh, looking at your life and, and your understanding of yourself to, to get a grasp of the true will. The first question to ask yourself is, how do you 
change a room when you walk into it? What effect do you have on the world around you and on the people in your world? There is something unique about you that is going to have a certain trend of effect on the world around you throughout your life, throughout your moment to moment choices. There is some quintessential you-ness that impacts the world around you. Think about it. You walk into a party. The people in the room are impacted in a certain way because it was you specifically that walked in. What is that? What is that quality? Another way of playing with this is to think about yourself as a force of nature. What I mean by that is wind blows, fire burns, acid corrodes. What is it that you do? What is it that you do to the world? Can you think of that as if you were a force of nature, which in fact you are, uh, having a certain kind of impact on the world? One of my favorite things to recommend to people in terms of self-understanding is to ask people who know you what your strengths and weaknesses are, what your talents are in, in their view. Now, ultimately, anyone else's opinion about you or your true will really doesn't matter uh, a fraction as much as your own opinion, of course, but you'll get some really interesting feedback this way. Ask a friend what your strength and weakness, what your strengths and uh, weaknesses are. Ask an enemy what your strength and weaknesses are. You'll get very different answers, or maybe not. But it's a it's an entertaining exercise to say the least. Another one of my favorite techniques involves looking at your life retrospectively as a story, as a myth. There is a, a myth that you are living out in your life. What is it? And one of the ways to do this is to divide your life into, say, five-year segments from uh, age five onward and reflect on what your passions were during that particular phase of, of life. Let's say you're looking at age five to age ten. What what were your favorite books, your favorite movies, your heroes, your favorite music, um, try to write all that down in one place and do that for each five-year span and then try to abstract what the themes are, what kinds of stories were capturing you, what kinds of, of myths, what was the nature of the heroes that captivated you when you were younger, um, did you identify with the wizard or the fighting man, um, that sort of thing. You will begin to be able to abstract some themes in the stories that, that captured you. And then looking across your entire lifetime, you may see that these develop. These uh, show you that at one point in your life, you were kind of struggling through a particular, living out a particular myth. At another point, that had developed to uh, some other sort of, of challenge you were trying to overcome as personified in, in, in another myth. So um, it's just a kind of a silly little tool, but it can be enlightening um, when you start to see some of the themes develop. You might want to 
refer to a list of um, what he called the 36 dramatic situations, um, a guy named Pulte, P-O-L-T-I. Uh, I'll put a link to it on the podcast blog, but he uh, developed this to aid writers, but um, you may find it interesting to look through the, the different stories he identifies and see if you can spot a few that um, that describe your life. And this is not going to necessarily be synonymous with the true will, but it can give you some pretty interesting clues I've found. Now, many people I've talked to about this and I've supervised doing this work have um, had the interesting experience of having a certain certainty, coming to a certain certainty about their true will and then presenting this to uh, to a friend or, or lover or family member or whoever. And um, it hits with a resounding thud because it's something that has seemed perfectly obvious to everyone but us. It seems in a sense that we were the last to know what our true will was. Now, of course, our own insight into our true will and our means of living it out is is going to be much more complex and intricate than what someone might tell us from the outside. But don't be surprised if you come to a sense of clarity about your true will and um, and it's really much less impressive to everyone else than it is to you. Um, finally, you might want to refer to some books that I think have a lot of great things to say about the true will in different terminology, of course. The first of these is by a gentleman named Parker J. Palmer, and it's called Let Your Life Speak. Both of these I'll, I'll put links to on the blog. Um, and then the second, probably more of you have heard of, uh, James Hillman, who's a Jungian analyst in the U.S., and his book called The Soul's Code is a very interesting look at the way we can review our life retrospectively, somewhat like I was describing earlier, and discover clues from our earliest life uh, that show the seeds of us becoming who we are. In the book, he does this by looking at some famous people, and uh, I think Josephine Baker, or Eleanor Roosevelt, people like that, showing how their early life prefigured um, their development in ways that... Um, were subtly foreshadowed uh, early on. Now, of course, there's always a danger here that uh, when you know someone's life story, it's easy to look back and pick out those details that seem to, to fold into it. But we're not talking about someone who's lived their whole life here. We're talking about you looking back over your life and finding those seeds and discovering what the rest of your life is going to look like. And the more mindfully, consciously, diligently you do that, the faster you will come to deep understanding of your own true will. And I hope that today's discussion has been useful in giving you some tools that may help you with that and some perspectives on the nature of it that, that will be helpful. So as always, please feel free to email me with uh, any questions or comments, suggestions for future episodes. One specific request I want to make of everyone is that I would like to do a segment on thelemic relationships. And so I'd like to solicit your input, comments, questions, feedback on the relationships in your life 
and how they interface with your living out of a thelemic path. This might involve how to manage intimate relationships in thelema or how to handle um, raising children or the interface between your private religious practice and the job that you have to work at eight hours a day and what does that look like for you. So relationships in a broad sense. If any of you have any comments on that, uh, I would love to hear from you so that we can build a, a segment around that. Meanwhile, I want to remind everybody about livingthelema.com, which is the home website for this particular segment. And it's being built. It's in progress right now, but um, that's an easy place to go to find my email address uh, in addition to the podcast blog, of of course, at speechinthesilence.com. Also, you might wish to join the Facebook group that, or the Facebook fan page that I've created for Living Thelema so that you can uh, get announcements there. And if there's interest, you know, we can have some discussions going on there as well. So thank you again very much for listening, and I look forward to talking to you next time.